I, I lived in the U.S. for almost four years. I noticed that this, this is also a result of uh, uh, the different way that slavery took place there of mm -hmm. separating families as well. This mm -hmm. happened here as well. Mm -hmm. okay, we had to form our families. Mm, but so another thing that I noticed is that breaking is the connection with the spiritual life through the connection with the religions, African religions here that developed the candomblé with the Orishas, that kind of breaks a lineage of ancestry in communication with that, like it, it creates interferences. Welcome to Sun Chasing Success, a podcast for online entrepreneurs, authors and influencers worldwide. We're here to enhance your quality of life while helping you build location-independent businesses. We connect listeners with guests, insights, and discussions from the sunny coasts of the USA to the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean islands. Fascinating dialogue from the enchanting beaches of Brazil to the majestic shores of Africa. Each week we deliver specialized knowledge, wisdom, strategies, and tips to enhance your success, freedom, and fun under the sun. Now, here's your host, Bayo Oloronto. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bayo with another episode of Sun Chasing Success. And today I have a very special guest from Rio de Janeiro here in Brazil. She's a certified tour guide and travel agent, and she's been promoting the African legacy experiences in Rio since 2013. She graduated in arts education from the Federal University of Espirito Santo, and she has a master's degree in community arts management at the University of Oregon in the United States. Her whole life has been dedicated to acknowledging her roots through educational actions and projects. And an essential part of her work is to meet people from all over parts of the world in Brazil in order to share experiences and positive actions and best practices. So I'm really excited about this one. Her website is www.rioencantos.com. That's R-I-O. E-N-C-A-N-T-O-S dot com. And she can be found on Instagram at Rio Encantos. And without any more, Kelly Oliveira Taveres. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Bio, for the opportunity to be here uh, at your podcast and program. It's very, I'm very grateful and honored for that invitation. And well, I'm here to tell stories and to share and learn. And I've been here working a long time already with education and always involved with uh, social causes. That's that's my drive and my motive throughout my life. So if I run any type of business, every time I'll be engaged with positive actions for change, for reparations of you know, to catch up with the mistakes of the past wow. that are unfortunately being repeated now. And we have lots, a lot of work to do. Wow. And traveling is also a political action. Absolutely. With purpose or responsibly. <laughs> I agree with you. And that's why when I saw your particular uh, site and your Instagram and everything, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I had in mind with my blogs and my, uh, my podcasts and the things that I wanted to share. And there's so many questions I have, but I guess the first question is, what led you to this uh, line of work? And how was your life growing up? You grew up in Rio or, 
or any or some or another part. Yes. I was born in the port area where the Black History Walks uh, take place. Mm -hmm. And being born in that area with a population of mainly Black people, I I was able to come across different situations that uh, I started to ask about my own identity. Like wow. the could be like prints of uh, art or the situation that our population finds itself, like uh, the difficulties and the way we leave, mm -hmm. the very um, way we, we handle when we drive our lives, uh, like very community-based because of low uh, resources that mm -hmm. we have to share. And uh, coming and growing in a family where people always helped each other and like adopted cousins, adopted uh, friends, and our house was small, very open, always open for yeah. those who needed And I found out later that it's actually a tradition of that place. Mm. And uh, when in uh, through research, you find that what your 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 what your family brings and carries is actually something that was built on the past wow. of our ancestors. So, and then I found out that through research and all the find and discoveries that we had here with the archaeological sites in that region just will drive me more and more to learn more and understand why I am how I am and why I need to keep fighting even stronger and mm -hmm. like bringing people together to stop fighting against each other and mm -hmm. to unite in order to bring awareness for responsible traveling, for example, because we need to start supporting the ones who really need the support to tell their narratives, to show you real Brazil, the real Rio, mm -hmm. and these kind of things, you know. Wow. And now what, what part of Rio was that that you grew up in, specifically like the neighborhood? Yeah, so my first year is like until my fifth year old, it wasn't, it is, no, it was in the port area of Rio. Oh, the port uh, area. Where there okay. is the port area. It's like uh, the docks area. Ah, okay. So there is a long history because, for example, there is where is located the UNESCO World Heritage Site for the transatlantic slave trade. Wow. And that was yeah. uh, not listed as such, recognized as such in 2017, in the middle of the year. And just to give you an idea that in that port, that's now this archaeologic historic window there for people to see, uh, arrived more than one million and a half African people from different parts of Africa. Wow. And, and from what I remember from what I read, I think uh, total in Brazil was more initially than the United States. It was about four million that, that ended up here in Brazil. In the, the transatlantic slave trade, well, it's 12 million, it's estimated. Was it 12 million? Wow. Even the numbers were let, was more, is actually more than what I had been reading. And maybe that's been obscured as well. Exactly. That's so, another, and, uh, these are the kind of things yeah. that when you uh, go into documents and keep researching, so science and history is this science that we always confront different findings will bring different data. So wow. it's very complicated sometimes to specify uh, a number if I don't dive into the statistics all the time, because mm -hmm. this also changes. Like the estimates for the slave cemetery, for example, in the IPN 
that's today the Institute of New Blacks there at the same region. Mm-hmm. So you have estimates for 50,000 uh, 50, people being uh, thrown, their bodies being thrown on those that mass grave. So this mm. is like a huge genocide that is attached to the slave trade in Brazil of more than 300 years of slavery. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, very powerful. Having grown up in the United States, I understand that there's a lot of information that is not clear in the, in the, uh, the textbooks and the schooling and the process. So it's very interesting to be here and see how um, African culture was formed here in Brazil, uh, how some of the things were translated um, from West Africa into the culture here. So would you say when you, when you were talking about your family life, when you were growing up, obviously as a kid, maybe you associated it, uh, some things negatively, some things positively, but then later you found out that this is a part of something cultural. What was it that you saw in African culture that uh, is part, was part of your upbringing in Rio? Wow, that's such a deep question. Thank you. I try. Wow, wow. <laughs> the very, the very soul. So let's go deep then. Okay, let's, let's, let's go let's, deep. Yeah, let's, let's get the same, same depth level that we are working here now. Yeah, yeah, so let's it. bring to ancestors spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Odishas. Okay. Now I'm getting goosebumps here. Okay. Hey, you know. It's just you know. It's, it's so it's something part of the culture. Yes. I can feel it. Wow, yeah, that's 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 so I can feel like that. I'm one of the messengers and warriors of this fight, and I have a mission. Wow, so uh, and and that's it, wherever I go, and that's beautiful, you know. That's 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 the whole thing is uh, when we were able to converse like this, even over technology with space and time, you can see that feeling, and, and you'll see with some of the other guests that I've had on the show, it's the same thing, it's amazing. Yeah. So, 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 okay. <laughs> so, okay. So this, this family vibe, um, there. So what, what, what are those things? Cause I've noticed being here, right. From the United States, the emphasis that Brazilians have on family, uh, has been very eye opening for me. Um, whether it's birthday parties from a very young age, whether it's traveling together to different places, um, having coffee three times a day together, or doing all these things, you know, um, what does that do for us as human beings? And what did it do for Africans back then? And what does it do for us now? To but this is also a very African uh, tradi- tradition from different peoples from, from Africa, like the respect for the older people and the, the uh, respect for teaching the younger ones to keep the... the the, the generation and the knowledge flowing around that. So, mm-hmm. and also the idea of an expanded family. So the way we do our house, our, we welcome people in our house, for example, is such a, in such a friendly way that our neighbors, like here, there is a, a back patio in my house uh-huh. and a, a building there with many windows. So the, the neighbor there on the, from those windows some of them, they can come to me and say, hey, Kelly, how are you? Let's go. Let's have a beer. Let's, oh, they come to my, right. our window. I live in the first floor. They say, hey, let's have a coffee. Now with the pandemics, we're closed for five right. months. 
yeah. our friends and, and neighbors, they are missing that. They say, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. let's, let's do something. But we are stuck at home. But our house is open. It's a multinational, multicultural house. Wow. That's how we built up, especially after I traveled and lived in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I was part of an international cultural service program with uh, uh, students from all over the world in that group. And we learned a lot about intercultural uh, relationships and exchange. So I realized that uh, the way we lived here already with our local families and extended families, I could no longer live without the diversity of incorporating other nations to be with us. So Mm. I started this, like welcoming people and uh, opening for Airbnb so we could receive people from different parts and then opening the travel agency and bringing people together. So that's just like the way it is now. Right. So very I extended family. Yeah, I see that your work and your schooling and your life has pretty much been like an extension, like a tree. It's just yes. something that you 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 uh, were you know you grew up around, you're born around, and then you just kept kind of growing with that natural path. Um, I think that's something that a, a lot of people from the United States don't really have the same exposure of because a lot of times in the United States, we start and it's just, okay, school, job, success. And then at 18 years old, everybody flies the nest and everybody goes to different universities everywhere. And sometimes it's hard to, uh, for people to maintain that type of connection with themselves and sort of doing a career that has a sense of purpose. And May I comment on that? Sure, sure. I, I living in the U.S. for almost four years, I noticed that this this is also a result of uh, a, a different way that slavery took place there of mm-hmm. separating families as well. This mm-hmm. happened here as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had to form our families. Mm, but so another thing that I noticed is that breaking. Is the connection with the spiritual life through the connection with the religions, African religions here that developed the candomblé with the Orishas. That kind of breaks a lineage of ancestry in communication with that. Like it, it creates interferences. Okay. It's not really a breakup because it's not possible to break up something that is really uns- ancestral. You know, ancestral. Yeah. But it's it creates interferences because then we'll miss some guidance, guidance that comes from a place that you can't see, you can't you can't feel it. But mm-hmm. if you kind of mute these voices, you have more interferences. You have a harder time to hear guidances that come from there. The guidance that will tell you to listen to the elders. Okay, <laughs> think about not only material things. Okay. Get together and keep going, carrying this tradition, because this brings you faith. Right. And this faith puts you stronger. And if you're stronger, you don't have anything to fear because you know that in hard times, you're going to manage, you overcome. Wow. So so in that sense, it would be better for African-Americans to say, hey, you know, we're Africans. We're part of the African diaspora in America. All that's missing is our signal. It's like uh, like a, a radio signal that has static, is what you're saying. 
the separation caused breakups in the the signal of our uh, culture, spirituality, and roots. And so a lot of African-Americans are in, in, in difficulties with the social order in the United States a lot and some of the social tensions because exactly. of that, that breaking up due to, of course, slavery and time, but also... And also capitalism. Capitalism because and money. Because the rocks and the religious, the spiritual uh, guidance that we have from, uh, from Africa, they're mainly based on natural life, the power of the, the elements, fire, earth, the, 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 the water. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get grounded in nature is where the spiritual lives will lead you in that, that, you know, alliance. Then we, we do all the mistakes that we are doing now the, to get mm. extremely attached to material lives. And this also happens a lot here in Brazil because we are in a global economy yes, that values yes. much more the things that you conquer that are material, the money you are able to make other than the values that you were able to, to nurture mm-hmm. and to, to motivate on people, such as the conversation that we are having now. It's not right, as valued right. as if we were having a conversation about the cars that you can, the, the dry leads you can with your Instagram and marketing and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we need yeah. to pay attention to those things because they are the ones that connect us to nature, to heal us, heal ourselves. Yeah, and I know that Brazil is a very, having traveled uh, to the Northeast and and, uh, through Minas Bahia, I haven't made it to Rio, ironically, yet. But I mean, I've been to, well, I've been to Angra dos Reis. So, hey, so I've seen Ah, the beach. Yeah, like I've seen the connection with the beaches and the mountains and the greenery. And I love that this is for a picture from Bahia that I have behind me. So I, I definitely feel what you're saying when you're around nature. Uh, I, I, like the idea of business, uh, I think is better when it is connected with you, you can still do business and make profit per se, but it doesn't have to be at the exploitation all the time of uh, uh-huh. a group of people or only for the, the goal of profit. It can be, how about we create something that helps people or encourages people or inspires people or, or is, adds a lot of value to people's lives. So that everybody can live because the word, because one thing nature teaches is the world is so abundant. Like there's so many, like, like when I see Brazil and and the land, I think what a rich country this is, but many people, if they're only looking or thinking about money, they say, oh, well, well, Brazil doesn't have this or doesn't have that. But I'm like, wow. I mean, if people were working together and certain things were operating a different way, then maybe they would be able to access so much more of of this these this land the resources and all of that well we are one of the richest countries in the world we have the like the biggest uh forest with the biggest river and a lot of other treasures and the very people and culture but if we don't pay attention to that like we just keep destroying as we're doing as we keep doing to africa as well yeah, and yeah. it's actually a minority that destroys. Mm, yeah, like a small group. They, of people. they are ones with power. And yeah, to I set up like resorts, five star hotels, <laughs> big stuff that they drive the the monies, the money to to outside of the country instead mm, of like mm. why responsible tourism coming to place. 
So you need to learn that you are dealing with a lot of small entrepreneurs. And when you are uh, supporting the work of us, like tailoring a trip, and if we are at the mode of responsible tourism, to community-based tourism, valuing our roots, you know that you maybe go to the five-star hotel or five-star uh, restaurant, but you can go to a more humble place with mm-hmm. a chef that owns the place, that nurtures the family, and the family works all together, and it will offer the best food with a lot of love. You just need to find <laughs> with the guys, with the local people who know where these dedicated people are. Right, right. Because we are the ones who go to this place and eat their food. We know them by by name. They know us. Yeah. These are the ones that we need to support. Right. And these are like uh, some of the smaller posadas and fazendas uh, uh-huh. and different different places that little 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 towns that have um, parts of the culture intact that people can still learn a lot from as well. And I think that's one thing that as Americans. Uh, we need more awareness about Brazil in terms of the entire country. And because sometimes I think, I don't know if it's just the bigger businesses that naturally just promote Carnival, Rio, the beaches. Um, But sometimes those other like information about other cities like Belo Horizonte, for example, or um, Mm -hmm. different parts like where I am in Campinas, like people don't, really know as much about these places yeah that happens a lot the monopoly of uh these like everything goes to rio bahia amazon (laughs) uh uh, as if brazil was only that like brazil for me is like a labyrinth it's a place of magnificent beauty and lush that i i myself need to find out about like the first time i went to bahia for example it completely changed my mind. Being mm. a Brazilian, I said the way people here dress up, dance, communicate—it's yeah. it completely. Woo! I I stayed there. I traveled there back to Bahia like three times. Yeah, I, I want to go back as well. I had a few days that I had a chance there when we were going on the way to Pernambuco, but man, just the little time that I had there blew me away too. Yes, it blows yeah. us away. It's another world. And the same thing when you go to other intense places such as Recife or Chapada Diamantina, mm-hmm. Cachoeira da Bahia, these are in Bahia, or Pantanal. I want to go to the Amazon. I haven't been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much to, to discover. Such a great country. So many, so much space and land to, to explore. So, And one thing that is important to tell you is that I'm not here like promoting only Rio Encantos. Mm-hmm. We are organizing sure. in order to help other entrepreneurs who are into the uh, understanding that now there is a black movement for traveling, that we need to develop ourselves, educate ourselves to be not only guides for, for our own heritage, but to learn how to be travelers of this heritage, to hear right. our brothers and sisters and to overcome our differences, stop seeing ourselves as competitors and educating to get together as small entrepreneurs to give more of these words that I'm giving you here, sharing with you, that we will be like different channels of this river. So more people can hear and we can bring more people to get to know the other people who don't speak English, but they yeah. 
has a, they have a lot to offer. They Absolutely. want to receive people there, and we need to be the bridges if we speak different languages. Yes, between the, these people. So we are organizing into a network of Afro tourism here in wow. Brazil, uh-huh. and I know it's gonna be hard work. I've been working in the segment for seven years already. Wherever I go, that's my speech. And mm-hmm. I just want to grow with that and other brothers and sisters getting together to that. And that's an effort that we are doing. There was a, a, a girl in, in the U.S. She launched a green book, green book, green travel book, I think. Okay. I forgot the name. I need to check on my, on my data. So uh, she already put there the list of different places that you can travel to to support smaller businesses that I will see. value those those roots, you know, so what, what much more. Yeah. So what you're describing is more like, as we would say, it's like uh, traveling, but travel with a more consciously awareness, conscious awareness of exactly. your traveling. So you're traveling, but you're traveling for certain values that you're, you're benefiting the places where you're going. You're learning about yourself and your history, where you're going. And you're also building a network of people that exactly support you into the future. And, and there's more opportunities in business versus you just going to one place and it's isolated and you're not meeting many people. You're not really interacting as much. Yes. So that's it's what all you're really connection. promoting here. You want to promote that it's connection. Oh, all about connection. And the benefit is in a longer term. It starts at the moment when you start to Plan your trip because you need to research, mm-hmm. you need to understand where to find the, the best guides mm-hmm. that will resonate with what you want and connect with you people who are the real true agents that are promoting that. And then you start to learn a little bit of the history, to hear about yeah. us, how we communicate. And then when you arrive, okay, so this will go deeper when we feel immediately the change. That's how, the way I travel. Yeah. Wherever I, I, I go. Yeah, I actually got a little bit lucky only because I had some friends that I met in different places, New York, Miami, and even that were already here in Brazil that I communicated with online. That was the probably the, the only thing that helped me understand a better way to travel here than just what's just promoted like fast uh, promotion stuff. And exactly. uh, I, I wish fast. I had would have been amazing to have encountered someone like you or someone who has your knowledge way back. Thank but, you. But hopefully that's what our, our videos here today and our podcast will do for you and for others is to bridge those connections so more people can find out about you and, and the people that you work with in your network, too. So and you me. you come here. Feel free to connect with me when you come. Let's get together. Oh, Let's hang out. Do something we'll be here. <laughs> a cachaça, <laughs> good coffee. Learn about our history here as well. Oh, Brazilian history. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And so, tell me a little bit about the structure of your business and how that works. Uh, because, well, how about well before we get into that, let's go back to the United States some of the things you learned in school and then how you use that to form your, you know, your actual organization and your structure for your business. Oh, that's a great, a great question. It's, a, it's connected with your podcast as well. The one that we were talking about college. Yeah. I heard that. I really like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. My uh, episode that I had about that. Yes. 
yes. Uh-huh. And then, well, I think that I chose when I, well, when I was in Brazil and I finished my undergrad, I tried to get a scholarship for uh, my graduate studies in art history. And I wanted to analyze the work of a black artist here called Eustáquio Neves. He's from Minas Gerais okay. State. And he has a very important work talking about identity, ancestry with photography and, you know, cutting things and making collages. Amazing. And my work was denied because of racism. Wow. I, I got like the fifth place in uh, my assessment competing with other people for the scholarship. But because the, 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 uh, that was institutional racism. Now, was it but the subject matter that you were talking about? Because it was, especially in 2007, when I finished, uh, people were here more, even more closed in college for themes that would encompass issues of gender, uh, race, you know, minorities. And mm-hmm. since my word had that grip, I was, I, I didn't get it. Wow. So how did this impact you? Uh, first of all, your own personal feelings. Were you upset, yes. angry, in doubt, worried? How did that bother Big frustration. You? Yeah. Because frustration. I devoured all the books of the, the, the ex- to, for the examinations. I was very well positioned. But destiny, will, fate will work on these ways with sure. like not only luck, a lot of work, a lot of ancestors knowing where you need to get. I got a scholarship in the U.S. at the University of Oregon, and I studied, and I, I chose, I wanted to do something related with arts education, but with getting more of managerial skills. Wow, so my yeah, strategy uh-huh. was that since, I'm, since the educational system is, uh, is, how can I say, is broken. Yeah, that's a good way to, to put find it. All I can create impact through education and in alternative ways, by learning how to manage business, for example. Because mm-hmm. I'm an educator, first of all. Personally. Right. I see. So, you, so I you... got community arts management, I said. Because there I will learn about management and a little bit about business. And still keep the values of community gathering, community organizing. And that was right there. Sounds so I learned a lot of skills. <laughs> Great. Okay. So you learned this. You learned this. And this is a this is a big thing because when I was growing up, the assumption was if you do anything arts and humanities, you're not going to have any success with any kind of business. You're going to be just kind of like lucky if you make it. And then if you do something scientific or business or mathematical. You have to be this rigid person and disciplined, and you're never going to be thinking about this crazy art stuff. So mm-hmm. it's funny to see that in life, you know, as I've gotten older and I've matured, I understand that these things don't have to be separate. You know, there's, there's ways to do it properly where if you're an artist that you're not only doing it for business, or if you're business, you don't have to attack uh, creativity and leave people without what they really are destined because as an artist or someone who's in that world their goal is to to inspire and and to bring something truthful to the the forefront but if somebody's only worried about profit and business then it it clashes so it's good to know that 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 exists number one as a path for many people out there who may be struggling right now 
know that these paths exist. And then you took that path. And so then what happened after you, so you graduated from Oregon and uh, you, I'm sure you made a lot of friends and networks there. What was your vision yes. after graduating? Well, my vision is, it gave me, it gave me, it gave me, I mean, sorry, it gave me a lot of good tools, like this college. I'm, I, I love to study in any mm -hmm. setting. Now I, I self-study a lot. I'm an independent researcher, as I say. Yeah. Uh, but one of the main things that taught me is like, you need to be brave. You need mm -hmm. to have the guts to go on a path of resistance. And don't expect a lot of material success. Right, right. Because you, that will also keep you on the road of like hunting. Your instincts of ah, power, great word. of model, of how can I say, the ability of proactivity, being proactive, being brave, knowing that you'll be able to overcome. So that is like waking out all the time. It will keep you strong. It will keep you young. It will keep you connecting. <laughs> wow. This is because so many people, and I've lived this, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. So there was a, a phrase by Deepak Chopra. He used to say, ageless body, timeless mind, right? Yeah. So when I was struggling and I was trying to do my own thing and, and, and doing all sorts of creative things, whether it was writing or fitness or moving on my journey, I did feel like that. I would feel like, man, sometimes, sometimes you get frustrated like, oh, I'm broke. I don't have any money. I got to do something different. But then you're like, wait a minute, the guy who has all this money, sometimes he's not even happy. He's unhealthy. He's frustrated. He's stressed out. So then I look at myself and I'm like, well, I don't have all that other baggage. I just don't have the money. So let me figure out something else and let's work out this money thing. And it became like a dance. And it's, it's, it's really like a, a primal type of feeling because there's a, a, a quote that says, if you wake up every morning. Uh, the, the lion and the gazelle are both running. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it, <laughs> they're both right. running. Yeah, yeah, keep going. They're both running either way. Either you're uh -huh. running away or you're running after it, you know? So just pick which one you're going to be, I guess. Uh-huh. You and all them, they, are on, they have their own wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. And they all need to survive and die for the benefit of the ecosystem. Right, right. So, and that brings us directly to uh, what we call uh, the feeling and the order of prosperity. Mm. If you learn how to manage that, and you're not afraid all the time of that something will lack you up front. Mm -hmm. Because if you are doubting, if you are af afraid of that, it means that you are doubting your own power mm. to succeed. Mm. So sun chasing success. That's why I need to it believe that. Yeah. that the sun will be there uprising yeah. for you every day. So if you don't believe it, what do you think that you just block out the sun? So you really black out the sun. And that it, what you were saying that, there are many people earning a lot of money and they are not happy. Might, some people might look at us and say, oh, they are dreamers. <laughs> yeah. they, they, are, they are dreamers. But look, yeah. I know from 
personal knowledge by knowing people for different classes and different positions in life with access to more and less resources that a lot of these people, they are enslaved in their mm. own positions of power, of beliefs, of mm -hmm. comfort, of material life. They are mm -hmm. on the drugs, like medications that are re really hard. They're having problems to sleep. They're not having time to have fun in their lives. So right. from comparing this, I say I'm on the right way. And if I'm a dreamer, I would tell you, yes, I am. And good, the good thing about it is that I've been accomplishing with all the dreams I've been having. What allows me to have more dreams because I know that if I keep doing the same thing, like <laughs> believing on myself, uh -huh. I will be able to reach and make other dreams come true. So when we work with travel, and if you come here to meet me, you mm -hmm. have a dream of having the best experience in your life. And my uh -huh. goal as a travel agent is to offer you that. How can I be one of these people that will offer you the, 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 your dream coming true, you know? Because we mm. work with dreams. And I will only be able to yeah. offer this if I believe and do that by myself, for myself. Wow. It reminds me of the, uh, the book by Paulo Coelho, The Alchemist, and mm -hmm. how he just keeps meeting, the boy keeps meeting people on his path. It reminds me of that idea of the vision quest. Um, you just have the vision and you start and you go. And that's the beautiful thing I think about life and just people in general. Uh, I had an Ethiopian woman tell me one time, she says that like God doesn't, God answers people, uh, God answers prayers through people. And I never forgot that. So then anytime in my life, I always remembered that through, through thoughts and through activity and through movement and through people, it's how we solve problems. It's how we change val exchange value and how things actually work, you know? And I think that type of, pro that's when you say the, the, the laws of natural prosperity. If you understand that money is only exchanged between people and organizations and places, then it's just a matter of uh, organizing yourself as a part of, of that flow in some way uh -huh. or another. So it opens the possibilities more to giving and, and I can tell you that, that this works out, like from a personal experience. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of success under the sun? Visit onorunbooks.com slash success and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your email inbox. Now back to the show. I'm 44 or 43 years old. I don't remember. Oh, forever yeah. young. <laughs> but like uh, from a personal point of view with all the work and uh, I do and all the passion, I've been like really uh, having all these coming into place together, working yeah. out. Yeah. With That's a healthy amazing. mind, good friends, a lot of love. Peace and love is not outdated, guys. Not it's at not all. Outdated. Not at all, right? Especially now we see so much happening in the world. Um, that's one of the things that I wanted to focus on with my podcast and with everything I'm doing is just to focus on uh, the, the steps that people need, the wisdom that people need, the vision that people have for success. And when I say sun chasing, it was always about, okay, fulfillment and success because 
if you isolate success and achievement and it's just numbers and it's just another number and it's, there's nothing you're going to do with it or enjoy with it, then to me, it's not the same success. So that's what this is all about. And um, so I had another great question for you. Um, so you do the, so for example, people that are coming to Rio, you have things that are itineraries, you have plans, you have maps. I remember you talking about that on one of your other shows. You have maps and things to show people a pathway yes. based on what they want, what kind of adventure they want, right? Exactly. Well, since we work like in a coverage of about 16 states in, in Brazil and we have 27 okay. right. and we have this network of guides spread and they are like black people, local people from rural areas, cities, indigenous people, and we work together. So we have a lot to offer. So each place will have also the local specialists that we are always in constant dialogue with them. So the way we do it, we hear from people what they want. We also have our experiences in different OTAs, such as Viator, Airbnb, uh, Expedia, okay. Get Your Guide, etc. But we also offer a tailored experience when you get in touch with us and say, that's my profile, like art or I like uh, okay. music. What, what do you want to get out of that? What is your feeling? What is your spirit craving for? Let's start with the soul. So then we'll say, with what you were telling me, we have these and these and that to offer with these people. So these are the prices. And we align things until you feel satisfied that you're on the right track. And so far, like the experience that we have been having from our network is if someone comes from one place to another, being with a guide from another state, they are already coming to us very easy because they are ready with a big smile, saying everything went great. So, <laughs> you know, because people have a fear of, oh, I'm booking these. I don't know them in person. But then they meet the first guy, they have the first experience, then they relax and yes. then know that they are in good hands. So they go to the next one. It's, I receive a lot of people that are already very easy to navigate together. But they are I already see. very friendly, very, very relaxed. And that's good. And one thing that we are working on, because now we are, we are not having income at this time mm -hmm. because of because the pandemic. And because, right. And I was going to ask you about that. As well. The adjustments that you made because of COVID. So many of us uh, are doing other things such as like I give uh, English classes as well, Portuguese classes mm -hmm. and other friends that uh, they are always also chefs, they're guides, they're travel agents, but they know how to cook. So they are writing like a travel book and they, they did a crowdfunding campaign, something that you can participate. We mm -hmm. have guides from the favelas that are working on social uh, campaigns and we are supporting each other like to fundraise for to buy food for the people in the favelas the slums mm -hmm. to buy people things to clean their hands so we are making this mobilization to deal with the direct impacts that are related to health and the basic needs but also yes. ourselves we are doing the different things that we know how to do and one of the products that i'm building on now is uh, that our shoe. I started to do an audio guide with the Little Africa Black History okay. Walk. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to ask you about that. Yes. Uh huh. So I did a, a first free sample that I'm testing on because it's different the way we have to work now. 
We don't have the archaeological site in front of you, the building or the food for you to taste. So we need to improve on our storytelling skills and adapt to these new technologies to offer virtual tours. So now I'm running this campaign to ask for people to donate. So it helps me to finish writing the script for the storytelling okay. for that route and also to pay a studio and other people from our network are supporting me as well to help me like with equipment. So we can go to a studio, record this, this storytellings and put on different platforms so people can download and hear our stories from a distance. And already from wherever you are, you can connect with us and help you like drive your planning and motivate you to come. So and there is, is a second yeah. project as well. That's amazing. So this first project, let me ask you then, is it's more about, okay, we have this period of time where a lot of people are inside and it's kind of a holdover time. So during this time, they can take the Little Africa Black History Walk, and but it's going to be like a virtual audio experience. Is it going to have a, a visual component as well, or you're going to have like them pointing? Uh, this one is the audio guide that will mm -hmm. be the audio version of it. And I think I will be launching at the end of the month if, if the people who are supporting me with the technical skills also, they're offering their time to support me with that. Mm -hmm. So people are welcome to volunteer with money, but also with expertise or with marketing for that. And I will be recording these stories so people can hear my own voice guiding them like GPS oriented. <laughs> so they, they know they start, they have a starting point that place. They can create a vision also in their minds so and they can I even see. open Google maps. Okay. Go so the they can spot, go along online. Look yeah. a 3d and listen or anytime if you're having your coffee, you can listen to that. I see. And uh, I hope I'm very compelling <laughs> and I can make like, sure. and yeah. navigate very well through this new technology. But for those who already want to check and support my first draft, uh, it's on the Geo Tourists app. Okay. Geo Tourists app. Okay. Uh, Geotourists.com. Okay. So we'll put that in the yes. show notes as well. But geotourists.com is it slash yes. profile forward slash profile? So you have the Little Africa tour. Okay, got you. And then the. And then you had the uh, the research. Anybody that wants to connect with you, um, was that the other website, the WordPress? Any, like you said, researchers, tour guides? Exactly. So people, if they want to get in touch with through my WordPress as well, it's where I have a blog where I write about some of these experiences because the Hewen Campus website is like a shop, a web shop. Okay. So it doesn't really uh, translate all the things that we work on together because okay. it's very expensive to manage and keep a website up to date and really uh, make sure that it really represents what you're offering as a product. Yeah. So since it's expensive, for me, it was cheaper to open a blog and keep like updating okay. with the trips and so resources there. And that blog so is the Kelly tav.wordpress.com yes thank you very okay. much <laughs> okay i just want to make sure everybody gets that so it's kelly tav.wordpress.com and we'll have that as well on my blog as well so that everybody can connect to that and also at the bottom of this video 
you Thank know. you very much. I fr- appreciate that. Now, tell me about the second project you were talking about. Let's go the into second that. project is uh, it's nice because it's international. We are making a partnership with Carlos Bumba, a tour guide from the African Legacy there in Luanda, uh, Angola. In Angola. Wow. Yes. Angola. Yeah, that's amazing. To connect Africa directly, especially the Portuguese-speaking countries. Exactly. Uh, addressing the, the heritage sites that are directly connected with the old historic ports to our uh, African roots here in the Little Africa part in Rio. And uh-huh. also with a partner from Sao Paulo, from the interior of Sao Paulo, Solange Barbosa, from the Rota da Liberdade, or the Freedom Route. Uh, she's a UNESCO uh, consultant for the for this document that was generated about the transatlantic slave trade mm. and the specific sites of memory. And she works directly with the Quilombola communities in the interior of different cities in São Paulo, acknowledging the folkloric and traditions of these areas. So yeah. it's something that you would like to hear about. So we are preparing a virtual presentation that will acknowledge these three places to represent something bigger, but mm-hmm. these will be the focus of this experience. And wow. uh, we are working on that now together. That sounds great. And for those, sometimes uh, for, for some of the Americans that may not know exactly the role Quilombos played in uh, liberation of Africans in Brazil, can you just explain that culture a little bit because the resistance in America was a little different, a lot different, I should say, than what happened in Brazil. Can you explain those differences and contrast a little bit so we understand Quilombo? Okay. Thank you. That's a very good question. And well, Quilombo are like the Maroon communities. So the name that we give here is Quilombo. So Quilombo could also be a, a, a something, a synonym for resistance, a place of resistance. And Quilombolas are the people who are from the Quilombos. And it brings us back then in our past, since the 17th century, where the first uh, uprisals, upheavals of the enslaved people who resisted to slavery, to being mm-hmm. enslaved, they ran away to forests to found their own communities that was like mixed with indigenous people, with people from different peoples from Africa, and also Amazing, even yeah. white people who couldn't fit in that system. So they would organize, learn together tactics, develop strategies to fighting of war, of boycotts, to the uh, mills, sugar mills and plantations. So they would create a lot of these strategies. They resist from uh, 100 years there in the, fr- in the first big quilombo of Palmares that was estimated to have more than 20,000 people in that foundational like colony of 20,000 people <laughs> yeah, for 100 like they, years. They basically created their own separate city and community and just started just building it. Exactly. And they yeah, resisted for... By like uh, for many years to the incursions, violent incursions of the Dutch, the mm-hmm. Portuguese wow, against them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the Quilombos is, is, are spread around Brazil because they are the descendants of these resistance points in different parts of the country. And also in the interior, but also in the now, cities. You're speaking of the descendants, the people that, the descendants of this, these ancestors. Yes. You, that they've then 
become a different, found themselves in different parts of Brazilian society in different ways. Exactly. With different cultures. Yeah. Now, what you, I saw information that you had about uh, Europe as well. You had done some work there and the project in Europe. Was that from you tra having traveled to Europe? And I, I was listening in Portuguese the other night and uh, I, was, I was just so amazed at some of the things you said. And one of the things that stood out to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were saying that a lot of people in Europe have pretty much like, uh, they've left out, like African, African history in Europe is like side by side with the development of European culture. Yes. And exactly. that to me, because it's always portrayed that, oh, well, the, the colonizers just went to Africa and all these things. And then later, Africans just want to go to Europe. It's either one of these two narratives, right? But explain to us how that's not the case and what really happened in the, the early centuries leading up to slavery and after slavery. Inside you, you you're a really good storyteller. Interview. I, I try. I, I'm a writer Thank too, you so, so much. I like to read. I like to research, and you like. I got this from listening yeah. to you know. I want to really dive deep on things I've heard you talk about. So hey, <laughs> and I read more about your stuff as well to get to know Thank your you. work because Thank the way you, you ask the exchange. questions is so deep that I can understand. I can imagine how <laughs> what's going on in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to that then. One, okay. uh, uh, I, we, well, this multicultural living and drive that leads my work today, it was uh, motivated by the input of travelers and visitors who I exchanged the information with. So oh, okay. as a tour guide also, I received people from different parts, from Africa, from Americans and British, many British people, Canadians as well. And they were inputting information. They were saying, oh, but this happened also in England. And I looked at them and said, <laughs> and like many black people coming from England, they said, are there black people like British black? And they were looking at me with big eyes like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> with the accent and everything. And I said, sorry, it's just because here in Brazil and the way your country portrays your people is as if you were, you were all white mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and blonde. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and, and these people were saying, oh, oh, you need to go deep into that and understand our history as well because it's the way we connect. And that's true. Like in the play, the, uh, the role England plays um, uh -huh. Brit uh, Britain played in the slave trade is key mm -hmm. like to fundament it and uh, later to break with it because of their own uh, how can I say their own agenda their mm -hmm. own interests yeah so uh, I was feeling as the more I researched I was and connected with people I was feeling the need of understanding how British government uh, Britain, uh, benefited from the richness that they exploited from the West Indies and with the trades with North America, Central America, and South America. Mm -hmm. So these people, they offered me their support as net networks, and they said, feel free to come, to reach out to us, to meet us there, come see the Slavery Museum in Liverpool, get to know the role of Bristol, and we had the incident with Colston statue there. 
that was amazing. I oh, met okay. many locals who, mm -hmm. who told me by the time I was there about the statue of the slave trader Colston that was teared down by the community. And I was mm. like, I was feeling very uh, <laughs> grateful for people doing that, acting like that, because I was there. So, yeah. so then your feeling of connection grow even more because wow. you know, not yeah. only receiving the people here, but I'm tr making an effort to go there and meet these people who are you, coming here. And you had already learned, and, and imagine how that is. You already learned English. So you, 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 you know, it's like that, then you can use that as a way to listen, to understand that, which maybe some Brazilians may have missed in times past, because maybe yes. there was uh, translation things that kind of just overpassed and blockages of information. So you got that, then you go there and you connect them. What was it like? I mean, finding it and like, what did you, what were the biggest uh, things that you found there about it that? It was mind blowing to see and find out because for us, Brazilians, it's very expensive, very hard with our currency to travel outside yeah. of our mm -hmm. own state, sometimes mm -hmm. to our, from our own city. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. It took me like six years to be able to go out again and meet these people. And also because I had a network. But when I got there, I saw this multicultural, uh, people in Liverpool and London and even in Bristol and they were of all colors all nations through generations and then I've heard I, I met these yeah. people in person and I met like some of them told me about David Olusoga so for those people who want to understand the British history it's like what David Olusoga says like we say there is a black history because people didn't tell us about that black history. So we say black history, but actually yeah. it's British history because there's uh, no such a thing of separate. Wow. People separated. Yeah. So we just separate to keep like addressing, calling attention to it. But in fact, it's one thing. There is no British history without black people. Mm. And it is, and the, the, the researchers he, he did, brings people up to Roman times. The role of Africans, pre-Africans, living in Roman times in Britain. Yeah, and, and is there connections there between the Moors of Spain and Portugal and all of that as well? Uh, exactly. Arabic people, Moors, Spain, Africans. So there was a lot going on there that was documented differently than what was actually happening. From what I imagine, from what yes. they wanted to portray as this is uh, England, this is France, this is Spain, you know. Well, so what's the 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 religion of the religions? Where it all started, the, okay. the, the pantheon of gods and goddesses that later on transported mm -hmm. to Greece and Rome will mm -hmm. become the the, the West. West, no, the East so then, gods so, and gods. So then tell me you're going back to Egypt then in the comedic worlds. And then these are things I discovered. they were all natural that, beings. They yeah, were all connected yeah. with the elements of nature. Right, right. So, so having discovered that, then I'm sure that you felt like a need to share that with Brazilians. <laughs> and how was that yeah. like... Did you write anything on that? Was there? How did you 
how did you distill all that and condense it in a way that, okay, now I can share this with my people in Brazil and then, you know, help everybody learn that? Yeah, um, a member of, a, of like, he was a griot there in London making part of a celebration of Sankofa Day organized by Chazelle. She is the leader organizer of this movement in London. Mm-hmm. And she, they organized a, a movement there in the city hall of London. And But there was like a, a, a supposedly a fire going on. So the event couldn't take place inside of building. So these Pan-Africanist people all together, they were all re- they had all rehearsed to receive lecturers and musicians and immigrants from Africa, from West Indies and residents to make like shows, performances. And there was one griot of this group who, who looked at me in my eyes and when I was introduced to him and he asked me if I was already telling my stories of the data I was collecting there to oh, my people. Okay. okay. And I thought it was very nice. Like he really <laughs> got to be looking in my eyes. And But I was very like, calm with that because I already planned that. That was my goal. Right. And but I said, wanted, I'm now like collecting. He, so that, that's something very deep in African culture is like he wanted to make sure that you were receiving it and were going to transfer it across yeah. the world or the other part of the world. Exactly. How powerful, that's so powerful. You know, the, the ideas of transferring the wisdom and the, the history. It's exactly. like you can't because be oppressed if you, like you only let yourself be oppressed if you don't go and seek and receive that type of, uh, that type of information, even if it comes from overseas or in a book or in a video or, you know. And when he asks that, he's also transferring to me mm-hmm. that power. Like he's saying, this is yeah. your responsibility. Yeah. I don't, I, I won't ask you again, but right. I, I'm asking you now. So you keep my voice. And I, right. you know, I take these things very serious. I went there with that mission already. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. then when I got back, I said, well, that's a lot of information. Seven months traveling on that. Seeking as a diaspora traveler myself, seeking for answers, seeking for connections, seeking for local culture, ancient and and current, mm-hmm. and the, all the experiences that I could leave. And I was uh, concerned about documenting it, so okay. I decided to do a map on my maps. And oh, and this that's is another, the map that you saw that you had. Yes. Okay. So this is another way that people can uh, support my work. I, I did this map for different cities like uh, Lisbon, Lagos in Portugal. Okay. Uh, the place where I went to the uh, African Black History Walks. And also Bristol, Liverpool, London. Uh, but I mentioned also uh, Manchester, Birmingham. And there I will put places of interest where you have to go to have a sense and dive into black history for British people and how we connect. So like these are cultural centers, nightlife, like what is like trendy, nice people, black people gather for decades and they're still very lively doing exchange. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, places that are, what are the radical groups that organize in the community and they give art walks? Who are the agents? Who are the travel guides? the, the yes, 
there. So I put pinpoint that, like museums, places I have to go, neighborhoods. See, see when you paint it like that, it makes the idea of going to Europe a little more appealing. Because <laughs> when exactly. you think about when you think about just the the normal things that they promote, like like on the larger scale, the mainstream scale. It's not, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll get around to going to Europe. I mean, I have appreciation for it, but it's just when you so add. You don't have locals you, to initiate. Right. When we're not part of the story, of course, it's going to be less appealing, right? But when we're included, uh-huh. when we're included in the story, okay, it's more appealing, you know? And I think that's the magic of what you do. You bring us back into the story in all of these countries. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's back, but at the same time to show you how close we are to this past and how all of these things from the past, uh, uh, like even like the heritage, the good and the bad things, the struggles, but also the conquers, they are still mm-hmm. very present. Yeah. But we will only recognize them if we study history and we hear stories from people who study history, mm-hmm. who are the current storytellers, the tour guides, Creos, local yeah. artists, yeah. because they will give you the key to reconnect and break the chains. Yeah, yeah. This is very serious. So people, if they yeah. want to support me and go to Britain and Portugal, uh, I, uh, they can send me an email to real realencantos at gmail.com. Okay, and then re- they can yeah. request. They can say, Kelly, would you please send me, uh, make a donation from, from your heart. This was a work that I found myself, not with the money from uh, Black History Walks, mm-hmm. like, because that was, you know, it's a big, big investment that I did. Yeah. And like yeah. a new, a post-grad that I did to myself. Uh, because of this very moment that we are living now, it's really oppressive what we are living now. So I needed to seek something to see outside the box, to strengthen things, people, to bring back to my people here and move on to new perspectives. Yeah. So this map is a work of seven months of putting these pinpoints there and helping yeah. you to download to your phone. You just need to follow, meet the people, learn, and have the best trip you have. So make a donation yeah. with your heart, spread the word, and uh, let's be happy and strong together. That makes such a big difference because it's it's like, you know, you can pick up a book, you can watch a video, but nothing impacts you more than, you know, you're seeing it with your feet on the ground in the place, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the voices, the art yes. or music or whatever you experience, that, that, what is what traveling can do and that's that's how amazing your work is in in all of this grand magic of everything coming together you know because i've interviewed different types of entrepreneurs and i know that that tourism is something that a lot of people take it for granted a lot of people take oh tourism okay travel agent oh how hard can it be i just choose a city i just choose a airbnb I just go and then I'll figure it out. I look on Google for places to go. But what if the places to go aren't meant exactly for your particular development and learning? What if there's someone who has already helped you find where your uh, values and your beliefs and your, your path is going to make give you the best trip? 
you know? Exactly. So, Don't regret after when you come back home and say, oh, no, I was there. I missed that. Yeah, it's like I win. But and then someone else who someone else who had the experience that you're talking about, like they have a totally different experience. And you say, uh-huh. oh, I went there. And they say, well, I went here. Well, I did this. And wow, I wish I had done that. And then like I did this, I did that. And you, you didn't even know it existed. You know, and, and, uh, and also, you went to the same place, but you couldn't see anything that I talked just because you didn't have the key to show you, look at this. This means that. Ex- that's and a key that point. to you. That's yeah. a key point. The meaning of the significance of it. Yeah, that's, that's big because uh, a statue is a statue. A building is a building. A church is a church. But if you're trying to make a connection between something maybe you read or something maybe that's uh, lingering in your family history for, for a lot of people, the ancestors, the genetics, the, the, the DNA, you might find mm-hmm. it in some of these hidden pathways that just need the connection, you know. So that to me, to me, that's, that's what this, uh, this idea that I have represents. You know, so we've been been going on for about an hour here. And uh, I just I guess I would like to close with you kind of uh, giving us a vision of what you see, because, you know, right now there's a lot of things happening in Africa, a lot of booming uh, industries. A lot of people are doing more social media. There's myself, an American in Brazil, doing a podcast and connecting with people in Africa and Brazil and the United States. How can we use this this future and this vision we see, you know, the post-2020, where we have so many challenges, but we have the technology? What do you see that we can do and we should do and, and what we must do going forward into the future? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I trust that you can answer these questions. I always ask my guests big questions. Only because I you're great. The challenging only, ones. only because you're great people. <laughs> Thank you. I know. Well, I'll try to keep it simple. Uh, I'm already feeling a little bit tired because they're very deep. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to overwhelm you. No, but one hour is a, is a good also good timing because we put a lot of energy, a lot of passion. True. Very true. Yeah. So after yeah. like a live like these, I need to like take a break. Decompress. Before right. I get to the next part of the work because I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. But then uh, um, the one thing that I really liked when I went to Britain was I went to a, an exhibition of a retrospective of black artists, black British artists from the 60s up to contemporary artists and that mm-hmm. was amazing blew my mind into the art history okay and uh, one specific artist a very big and famous one that i need to research his name again it's in my notes he uh, makes amazing more uh, mind-blowing works of installations and assemblage of pieces connected directly to the folklore to our african roots but also with uh, the future and it's uh, tied to the movement of afrofuturism whoa. that is growing <laughs> and growing more and more it's something that i brought to my people here so i'm talking with i, I know many artists here in rio uh-huh. in brazil but mo- mostly in rio i know personally so i was exchanging these ideas with them saying hey there is this movement going on and super nice take a look at that to drive the statics of your art of your production of your thoughts 
but simplifying it, but it's not simple. So that's why I'm inviting you to research yourself mm -hmm. and to even do a podcast about it. Sure, I will look uh, into it like, for sure. Yes. It's like creating opportunities to acknowledge your roots, to go back to your roots in Africa, mm -hmm. because that is the future. It's like looking for what's considered like underdeveloped, uh, we're not valid with anything. But mm -hmm. try to see, learn how to see the value in this place, mm. the richness that is there, because that is the future. Because it means that if we value, we will shift gears and we will be able to see value not only in the things that people value. And that we need to project that to the future through the creative positions that we occupy, wherever wow. we are, in a business, in a, uh -huh. as a creative mind, uh, in the travel business. So it's basically that. So, but it's much more just I, telling the tip I, of the iceberg. Uh -huh. I hear you, and I think that, but that's powerful. That sums up a lot of what I have been thinking. I had always had these visions since I was like 20 years old, like because my dad being from there, I was always, you know, I, you know, when you grow up uh, in a family that's that's still that my my cousins, my uncles, aunts still living there. Sometimes you get caught up in the day to day uh, politics and the, the 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 survival issues and some of the other things, and you forget about those values, you know. You see the you see the positivity in the people and the resilience of the people and the joy of the people and the family love is all there always has been there but people get worn down by the politics and some mm -hmm. of the things that happen which by the way happens in all the global politics the the corruption stuff and things like that so it's not just Africa it's not just Brazil it's not just the United States I always make this point Anytime yes. from one place they tell me it's worse than the other place, it's all pretty much the people are typically a lot more agreeable than when you get into the political realm. And that's something that can be fixed over time, too. But, yeah, like I think that's that when you see that value, it's like we can we can then create new opportunities, new visions. And now I think the technology will help. It's kind of like because then the camera can show us on the ground somewhere and we can see the video and we can talk to the people a lot faster. But I think we do have to talk to them with that vision. It can't be exactly. talking and to personally. people the old way. Yeah, it can't just be all oh, just complaining about things. It should be constructive in terms of, okay, what are we going to do now? <laughs> exactly. You know? With the, yes. the, the history we have, we acknowledge and we respect it and we build on that, but then we can move forward. And I think the same applies for Brazil. Um, there's so and many things. And one thing that this, there is a paradox there that I really like. We mm. work here with communities that don't have access to technology. It's very mm. limited. So the way yeah. we communicate with them, the people from different Colombos in the interior or indigenous uh, people in the uh, villages right so the way we communicate sometimes make the, the this communication a little bit slower and this okay. is important to understand that community-based tourism is kind of like slow cooking 
Because <laughs> okay. it's dialogical. You okay. Know? Because okay. only in dialogical manners you can make fair trade. Uh, Otherwise, if you just rely on OTAs in the online travel agencies, okay. you are privileging mainly the ones who have access to that tool. So yes, technology uh, connects, but it can also disconnect. I see. And one nice thing about it is like that my friends there or the or partners in these interiors with less access to the to the technology. There is a bad side because they can get isolated, and there's there's a good side that is sometimes they are living much more than us. I've been working with the pandemics like 10, 12 hours a day because I love what I do. I don't go out because I can't go out. There's mm -hmm. no music, live music. I love live music. Yeah, Meet my me friends. <laughs> but I end up dedicated solely and my whole time to my work. The way mm. I connect with people, like I'm connecting with you, mm -hmm. this is work. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's what I realized too. They are, they are without the technology, but they also have this side. They are going to the river. They are going to the waterfalls. They are cultivating the land. They are bringing up their survival from the resources that they make with their hands. Mm -hmm. So they are living a better experience than, than us in different ways. <laughs> in some but ways, it depends it, it, it's on true. the community. Yeah. It depends on the community. Some are really, really extremely impoverished and mm -hmm. oppressed by these big forces, political forces now. Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. once more a way that responsible tourism can help to drive attention to these communities and populations that are being oppressed, like their lands being burned mm -hmm. close to national parks, to forests, to uh, indigenous lands, Kilombolas losing their lands to big farmers who want to grow cattle there. So uh, grow big soy plantations. So when responsible tourism comes into place, we are showing people also there are problems here. We are coming, but we need what the land can offer in a sustainable way. I see. Through the communities. Yes, yes. That's such a beautiful thing to know that, that we have people that are dedicated to that, you know, because I think a lot of people do lose the realization that that still people there's still people that that will preserve these things it's not just because of a handful of uh people in politics that just can just take over everything it, it seems like that sometimes but if we connect then we can we can enjoy our lives and not be frustrated every day <laughs> yes so, oh sorry about that my dog decided to just my dog no i don't own anything not even a, a vegan. That's what okay. the expression. I don't like to. But my partner dog, who lives here, my friend, he is an old guy, and he's just okay. barking like crazy. Okay, <laughs> no worries. We come to a recording. Yeah, no worries. Well, I'll give uh, the people one last time. Your website is rioencantos.com, and your Instagram rioencantos, and then. For the people that want to contact you directly about some things, it's rioencantos at gmail.com. And then if you're a researcher, tour guide, community uh, culture leader, or just amazing uh, people, uh, you can can uh, follow some of her findings and research at kellytav.wordpress.com. And then the other project was the geotourist.com uh, forward slash profile. So again, thank you for, for uh, being on our show, Kelly. And we're going to do a lot more of these. We're going to follow up more. And of course, 
I promise to do one in Portuguese with you. Amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes. Thank so, you so much, Mario. It's so lovely, yeah. so sweet. Thank you. Awesome. Great today. Thanks again, and, and uh, we really appreciate it. I wait for you and you all, listeners also here in Rio de Janeiro okay. and in Brazil. Bye-bye. Okay, ciao, ciao. Ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on Sun Chase and Success. Make sure to visit our blog at www.olorumbooks.com slash blog. Again, that's O-L-O-R-U-N books.com slash blog. You can also subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of your favorite platforms, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on your preferred platform. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out Bio's ebook, Secrets of Success Under the Sun. It's available at oloranbooks.com success. Subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Until next time, sun chasers, cheers to your success.